Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Games to the Max. I'm your host, Sean Garmer, and here with me as always, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. And also here, after I think two weeks he hasn't been with us, Daniel Anderson. Hello. All right, well, we got one heck of a show with uh, Sony giving us a lot of controversy with deciding to hike up the price of the PS5 everywhere but in the United States. We have Microsoft and Nintendo deciding that they're not going to do that and what that's going to cause. We also have a lot of movement between both console makers going into mobile and PC and pretty much making their intent rather known on that. And we're talking about a lot of other things as well right after this. You are listening to Video Games to the Max. All right. Well, just to get this out of the way, as always, a little bit of housekeeping here. If this is your first time watching or listening later on the podcast, or if you've watched or listened plenty, we always appreciate that. Thank you. And you can help us out a lot by subscribing on the YouTube channel. Go to WTO Network on YouTube. And then subscribe there, ring that bell, you get whatever it is that we post. There's also non-video game stuff as well. If you're into anime, we have Talk to Keiki. They also have podcasts as well. You can go subscribe there. And then Relative Broadcasting does all your entertainment stuff. They just did a review of The Samaritan right before we went on. That's the new uh, Sylvester Stallone film. So you can go check that out. And they do uh, metal music reviews and TV shows and other things as well so definitely want to go check out what the radlich crew is doing and of course you can also listen to us on podcast form go subscribe wherever it is that you listen to your podcast spotify apple google iHeartRadio, um amazon whatever it is that you choose to listen on we're on there and again you can watch on twitch as well and now even on linkedin if you go to my linkedin page we are live there right now so Weird that StreamYard just keeps adding things. I'm waiting for them to add TikTok, and then we'll just eventually just be live on TikTok at the same time. So anyway, guys, uh, let's, I guess, start with, it's sort of old news by now. We're getting to it, but it's still, I think, probably the biggest news uh, that's happened in the last week, um, probably because I don't know how much you watch Gamescom after the opening night live stuff that ended over the weekend, but it uh, sent Twitter and all social media a flutter, especially if you live outside of the United States. Uh, Sony just decided due to global inflation and other th- other things, they have decided to raise the price of the PlayStation 5 to what amounts mostly in many regions to like the increase of $50 uh, for both of their units um, or 50 of whatever currency that you are in in that region, whether it's Japan, whether it's UK, whether it's Europe, whether it's Africa, other parts of Asia, Australia, New Zealand, it basically covers everything. Look, I neither ne- none of us, the three of us here, are all United States based, so we can't give you that perspective. But we can give you perspective of obviously knowing people, uh, whether it's inside gaming or out of gaming, that live in other regions. Um, I know somebody that I write with another site that was fuming at this that lives in Australia. We've had him on the show before, uh, Carl Smart, so from from Outer Haven. 
I'll go to you first, Mark. I mean, do you feel like this is a big deal? This is a Sony's justified in this or Sony's being greedy. What is your thought on, on this decision? It's probably just a needed deal. Like most of the allocation is going to USA anyway. So they're not going to screw up that too, too much, but yeah, parts are more expensive. And even though they're, you know, slowly whittling down the, uh, innards of the ps5 is still an expensive console to make right they did just start releasing a kind of smaller not not a slim version but a less heavier version of the ps5 that they kind of started rolling out uh yeah, they, recently people haven't cracked it open yet but i imagine like the heat sink is smaller or it's like a different slightly different die for the apu or whatever but yeah daniel do you have any thoughts on on this uh, I think it's big in the fact that I can't remember the last time a company has actually increased the price of an existing console without something being changed uh, on it. The Oculus Quest 2. Well, that's true, but they did also <laughs> get rid of the lower price point or the lower memory and then up it. But I mean, and they it, also included a game with it as well. So. Yeah, it's just it's not something that you see a lot and. I mean, everybody knows that Sony was losing money on every PS5 sold. It's just surprising to see it actually happening. And I do wonder if, I'm sure there's some reason behind the fact that they're doing this that they're not releasing necessarily. But I just kind of wonder how much money are they actually losing? And are they in some of these other areas of the world not seeing the game sales to justify taking as big of a hit as they might be in the U.S. where they're making more money on the game sales versus not. I mean, like you mentioned, uh, Daniel, most console makers sell their consoles at a loss and they just recoup that in software sales. So it is extremely weird to see a console maker just to say, oh, we're up in the price of our console. Like, by this time, two years into the PlayStation 4 cycle, they lowered the price. So really weird that you decided to not... It'd be different if you said, okay, across the board, even in the United States, we are up in the price. But it seems like it's... Like you mentioned, there is a supply demand here, but it's also their biggest competition is here in the United States. And Sony is much more... United States based now than they used to be in the past. They they've not forgotten Japan by any means, but they are much more of a American focused company now than they used to be. So there's direct competition here that they don't want to lose to. They're already kind of dealing with the fact that there's a console out there that is much cheaper than the standard edition PS5. And now you're going to if you raise the price here even more, when it comes to holiday time, what does that look like for a lot of people? You know, especially in this inflation era, which I'm sure will affect the holidays of what people buy and all that kind of stuff. Um, we'll, we'll have to see it when we get there, but I'm sure it will start affecting people's pocketbooks of how much, how many presents and what they decide to buy uh, when we get to, to those holiday months. I mean, do you, is there any thought that it is, is it based? Do you think that there's something that they're not saying about, well, how bad does it look if Nintendo and Microsoft both say, 
oh, we're not lowering our price. And here we are jacking up the price of 50 bucks here in the U.S. Wouldn't that automatically make people go buy and get more interested in the cheaper Switch and cheaper Xbox, especially when you got a Series S out there? I mean, I think it will. I think people will. Well, let me rephrase. I think parents will start looking at it more thinking, well, especially with cross-platform play at where it is, unless you're planning on playing one of the first-party exclusive games, there's no, there's really no real true reason for a normal person to want a PS5 over an Xbox Series X performance-wise for most games. I'm not going to say there aren't any, but for the most part, you're not going to notice a difference. And come holiday, when parents are spending money, that $50 is going to be a big price point to look at and wonder, should I just go with the competitor? Mark, do you, as the one person here that only owns the PS5, uh, you do have a Switch, but you don't have the, the Xbox equivalent. Right. What, what do you, as somebody that's only, basically, let's say a PS5 mainly gamer, what do you think about that? Because for me, the PS5 is only a exclusive console system. Like I don't, I don't when and there's there's multi-platform things, or obviously with Game Pass, uh, you know, FIFA I have on the Xbox. Like my PS5 is only when there's a PS5 only thing or a PS4 only thing, I play it on there. Anything else, it's played on Xbox or obviously, you know, like with Xenoblade, I'm playing that on Switch. What do you say to that? Like. Do you think, I mean, obviously there's God of War that's going to be out in November, December, but wouldn't you say that that's kind of true? Like there's not a lot of games out for, I guess, either for either system right now that's really making it like, oh man, I need to buy this during that holiday season. I mean, maybe, but you know, Xbox has Forza and that's currently about it. And like, you know, a old Halo game and say what you want, but at least Sony has more well better exclusives like final fantasy or god of war or last of us again right i i mean i i think it's a i mean 50 bucks is it's it is an issue i guess but i think like the momentum is still with the ps5 like the whole stock issue i mean maybe this will get get ps5s on store shelves in other countries if people can't have to like wait to buy them but that's about it I don't know. I mean, I think to me, it just looks like what does it say about Sony that they're spending seems like a bunch of money in other places, right? That's not gaming related. And then obviously Microsoft's a huge company. They just went out and bought Activision, Blizzard, whatever. Uh, They can take the loss, right? But it's like Nintendo outside of that Mario movie that's out there. In development, they really and and their theme park that you know the part of the theme parks, they're really only a game maker. So, like, what does that say that Sony is the only one that has to raise the price, and the other two are like, ah, no, we're good. Well, Sony like, makes bad decisions with other with their other companies or other divisions, but the PlayStation has generally always been profitable. So, I wouldn't blame PlayStation for this. I'd blame Sony itself. And I'm right, sure but I mean, my, like, I'm, would you well, say that them deciding to invest in movies and we're going to talk about the the mobile studio they just bought? They're they're now they're heading more towards let's let's do things with PC. I mean, they seem to be widening their scope. Could 
could investing in all of that and seeing that bottom line of, oh man, we're really having problems with like getting this PS5 out there. Maybe we should cover that with jacking up the price a little bit to cover those losses. I mean, maybe if you didn't, if you roll back some of those investments, you wouldn't have to. Well, it's not no because yeah. they're investing in their own inf- in their own brand. They're not you know the the Sony the parts of Sony that always lose money are like their TVs or their like laptops right. and computers. So, and believe me, I'm sure Microsoft is losing money on every Xbox sold. Also, they're just having yeah. to have more pockets to fu- you know. Oh, definitely. Uh, I mean, that is why. I mean, Microsoft's a much bigger company; they can take. The and I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the Switch is losing money anymore, or if it is, it's like very negligible at that. Right, their so sales cool. finally de- started declining, right? Um, well, no, it's just seeing, old technology, so it's you know. Yeah, but that also could be due to you know chip chip shortage as well, and then the big games are coming out later, not in this time period that they're saying they've had the decline. So their big games are coming out towards you know next month, and then the holidays of Pokemon. So they still have some time to recoup some of those uh, losses as well. But did they say, did they say yeah. this bundle comes with Horizon or not? I mean, that's the thing, right? Is um, with the U S when you go and try to find the PS five. Now, most of the time you're going to find it with the, including for, for, uh, Horizon Forbidden West, which would essentially make it, Fifty dollars more here. I mean, as a free game, so, essentially. So, right, but you're taking the cost of getting the game that you would say that many people would probably want it, right? But there may be many that don't. And yeah, so, you can say that about like yeah. most bundled, you know, most bundled games. Right. I mean, I I would say that, and it's has shown pretty quite frankly that I think most people would be okay with getting Mario Kart included with their bundle with the Switch. But, you know, and, and in years past, maybe not this year, but in years past, you would probably say that same with Halo. Um, maybe I would say different if you're, if God and War was included instead of Horizon. But essentially, you are paying that extra $50, but you're getting a game instead of, oh, the whole console costs $50. And then that's on top of a game or on top of getting needing to get an extra controller and all that stuff. I mean. Yeah, but in your Australia yeah. argument. The game would be like eighty bucks, so you're actually still getting. Well, a good but that's deal. the thing, though, right? That's the thing, though. In these other countries, the games themselves cost more money, so you're jacking up the price over there, where things are even more expensive anyway, and where it's relatively been the same in the United States, you're not. So I can see where in other countries it's really seen as very, very unfair, because. You're already charging them way more for games. Now you're going to charge more for the console, too. It's like, I don't know. It seems like, why pass this on to consumers and, and give yourself bad press when you don't need it? But do you think this is is because they are the seen as the leader, like they can do this? Are they being a little bit arrogant here? Or this is really about money, saving the money? Uh, second one. <laughs> I think it's a combination of both. I think I would guess they think that they can get away with it because they are the leader. But at the bottom line, it is because of saving money. It's just a little one and two playing in together. 
Yeah, I would also err on the side of it being both. They are effectively trying to save money. It's there's no doubt they're trying to cut the get more of that cost back that they're losing. And also, let's be honest, if they were in the shoes of Microsoft and they had been down that whole last gen, would they really want to take the hit? I don't know. Maybe not because they don't want anything that would give the chance to allow the other competitors to get ahead of you. But right now they may see it and just say, okay, well, there's no way we can really do anything else. We can't really make a difference as far as how many PS5s we can get out there. Uh, You know, uh, we haven't uh, released the PSVR 2 yet. Like, this is kind of where we're going to be. So why not let's do this and try to gain something in the, the short. But I don't know. I don't know if this helps them in the long run when you're already kind of getting negative press here and there from other things. Um, So we'll see. We'll see. But you could argue that some of the decisions Sony has made this, I guess, with this current gen hasn't always been with the consumer in mind, uh, to be honest. So that being said, some let's look at uh, let's look at something else that Sony has done this week. They have purchased savage games which is a mobile game studio now to be fair i wouldn't say either three of us are like big mobile gamers probably hardly at all i'll play something on my with uh, xcloud on my phone uh or do remote play with my phone but i'm not other than this like music rhythm game that i'll play sometimes there's really not games that i go and seek out on my phone uh, Ever Crisis is probably going to be the first one of those in a long time whenever that does uh, come out. And I wouldn't be surprised if they put that on Switch pretty quickly. But who knows, considering how long they have still not put the Pixel Remasters on Switch, you just never know a Square Enix, quite frankly. But that's another story for another day. What do you guys make of this? Because between Sony pretty much saying in their PlayStation blog posts that they are very much looking to make put their franchises on mobile. And then also Phil Spencer kind of coming out and saying, well, the reason why we did this Activision Blizzard King thing is because we want to put more on PC and we want to do more with mobile where we haven't really done other than putting xCloud out there and all that stuff. Does console gamers be frightened or preoccupied with console makers deciding that they want to make a push? into mobile, which quite frankly, if you look at the way things have been going for mobile, it's actually been going trending down with uh, inflation and everything else. People aren't spending as much on mobile as they used to. Should we be concerned with this of like, oh, we're going to go more towards making games on, on mobile and PC and, and perhaps leaving the not having such a big focus on, on consoles? Yeah, I think it's more trying to get their established franchises a bigger audience than focusing on just one thing. I don't think we're going to see a mobile-only Halo game like we did with Diablo Immortal, where it advances the storyline in a meaningful way. We might see a side game, we might see a side story, but we're not going to see any main entries in the franchises like that. I think it's just to try to get brand awareness out there, get people thinking about playing Halo even when they're not at home, get people thinking about Gears of War when they're not at home, whatever. 
uh, with Sony, they're going to be doing the same thing with, I'd assume, God of War, Last of Us, maybe like what we had with uh, Fallout a few years ago, the Fallout Shelter. Just yeah. Or like try, yeah, something like that with Last of Us, for example, just to try to get the franchises out there and keep them in mind, even though they're not, there's not a new game coming out right right away. Or like, you know, Temple Run with Uncharted. Yeah, I, I mean, that is kind of interesting. Like, what? how would they do a Last of Us mobile game? You know, they, they couldn't just... Like Hitman Go. You think it would be like that? Like, like Hitman Go or Tomb Raider or you know, Croft Go? Or... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're saying this is more of like the Nintendo route of, we'll use mobile to kind of get people into our console games, get them to see if they want to take the step of buying a PS5 or, you know, Microsoft already lets you do that with the, with game pass. You can pretty much play many of their, the game pass games or do remote play with your console. If you have that. So, I mean, I can directly see the connection, right? Cause you get King, you get candy crush, which are like, it's still, the leader in mobile games when you look at like their sales and and people that are using it i but you know we've seen we see sony do the microsoft thing right where they try to have a phone that didn't work right um nintendo has been able to sort of with like let's say fire emblem and and a few others make some inroads but they kind of drop that after a while right like we don't really hear of nintendo making mobile games that much. I mean they're even the Mario Kart tour they're putting the tracks in the the course pass thing that they're making. So like do you think this could wind up being more of a oh we're making this and then it doesn't do as well as they think it will and then they have to wind up retracting? I mean it could. Uh, I mean at this point you might as well try to I mean again they're I think what they're going to be doing is more taking their established brand names and franchises and putting them on mobile, trying to get people interested in it, like what Nintendo did, but probably a little bit more insistent on it than what Nintendo was. Nintendo kind of felt half-hearted in a way because it just it went away really quick. I think what you're going to see is more of a focus and just trying to keep franchises in existence being not necessarily talked about, but in the somewhere on somebody's mind, it's that instead of three years away from a game being released, they put out a trailer and people said, "Oh yeah, that IP and that franchise existed." Yeah, um, I I agree with you there. It is interesting that they're going this route. I mean, I, I still I still think it's kind of just weird to see them say we're doing this like now. Um, you would think they would have tried to start doing that, uh, let's say a few years ago. And this is relatively like a, a new studio. This is not like, oh, a studio that has a yeah, ton have, of, yeah, I have any credits or anything. So yeah, it's, it's pretty much like almost buying them without really almost like Haven. Like we're buying them to, all right, we're going to just, you will just do stuff with our PlayStation. Uh, IP, uh, according to the blog, they're saying this is a newly created PlayStation Studios mobile division, which will operate independently from our console development and focus on innovative on-the-go experiences based on new and existing IP. 
Um, and Savage is already working on a new unannounced AAA mobile live service action game. Um, that'll, that'll be Destiny. <laughs> what? Well, why wouldn't Destiny just put Destiny on some sort of because mobile version? If they're not, if they don't like know mobile that well, or right. they're busy with actual important shit, then they can hand it out to someone else and go, here you go. Yeah, I mean, and Jim Ryan also said that he expects half of its annual releases to be on PC and Noble by 2025. So, I mean, isn't that something to be said? That, like, you're really expecting PC and Noble to really carry uh, much of your product. And it seems like they're focusing, you know, heavily. We've talked about this before. They have this heavy focus on live service right now that they're really trying to get going at Sony. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to poo-poo it because we've seen how live service can take off. And we've also seen how it can be terrible as well. Um, Do you you think we're going to see? I mean, it feels like every time we make this uh, assumption, right? Like of saying, okay, this is where gaming is headed. And then winds up that, not everybody is ready to accept that. Like, even in this would be what three years from now, is this what gaming's going to be? Like, we're just everything no. is a service, and no, no, yeah. yeah. I mean, I hope not. Anyway, I, I really don't want everything to. Um, Do companies feel like wish it. that it was so that they could make more money? Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> but <laughs> will will it happen? Fuck no. Yeah. Yeah, and the absolute worst time to try to get people paying a bunch of stuff over time is during the recession when they're cutting spending. Yeah, that, that's what I wondered too. Like, let's say this recession goes on longer than anybody wants it to go. Um, let's say it goes into you would think that Biden, his age, may not run again. So let's say it goes into 2024, and that's just in the United States. That doesn't even count globally. This is going to be a global recession and we're already seeing the global inflation um i mean that this is probably not a great time to tell people to oh hey let's sign up for a game but also wouldn't this mean that you could now have your favorite live service game that you pour all the money into and then you don't buy the single player game you don't buy the the next big thing or whatever, or those, let's say that you don't buy a bunch of the indie titles or whatever, because you're now expecting you're, you're now going to just be dedicated, trying to save money and say, okay, well, I'm just going to pay a bunch of Call of Duty Warzone or uh, insert other live service game here. Like, couldn't it go that way as well? Yeah. I think it's more likely that people would start buying the smaller games that they can get for less money and still have a, wide range of experiences versus one game of service where it's the same thing over and over and over. Yeah. I mean, I also think this is where uh, the PlayStation plus and game pass is going to come into play. We're going to start seeing those. I mean, Mark and I talked about the whole like Sony blocks games from getting put on game pass. Um, Could Sony use that to their advantage and then thus make the deals to make PlayStation plus more of a initiative for people and that way you're saving money that way. You're not, you're not buying all these third party games, but you're playing, you're paying the subscription to play them on PlayStation plus instead. 
could we see that happen? Or do you think Sony's just going to keep doing what they do where it feels like premium is almost unnecessary at this point because they, they really haven't been adding the classic titles like people have expected. I'm not yeah. sure. It's hard to figure out what Sony's doing because there's so many different things that seem like it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like they're not adding the titles that everybody thought that they would. So what are they waiting on? Are they planning on doing something else? I mean, Honestly, my next thought of what will end up happening is kind of what we're seeing now with uh, Game Pass, where the, Microsoft made a big deal about having League of Legends are going to be hitting all heroes unlocked and everything. I think we're going to see some of these service games start get, trying to get new people from Game Pass and PlayStation Plus and start nickel and diming people to death, getting the optional stuff, the the cosmetics. skins, the cosmetics, yeah, cosmetics the stuff yeah. like that. The and stuff think, we see with Fortnite all the time, right? Why do they yeah. pay all this big money to have all these like licenses with Fortnite, right? Because it yeah. brings people in. And I think right. that's what we're going to start seeing more with the with Game Pass and PlayStation Plus. These other games that used to not be involved with it start uh, kind of coming into partnerships and getting people a taste of the game. And then letting them spend money to try to advance. Yeah, like what do you think about there was a stat shown, I think I saw a couple of weeks ago, that PC Game Pass has actually gotten more games this year than console game pass. Now obviously that has something to do with the blocking par partially, but you know, uh Phil Spencer himself said that, you know they're focusing a lot on PC Game Pass because there are just so many more games that they are able to get through the PC that they can't get through console because it's not been made for console or like the Riot Games deals, right? They're going to bring that to Xbox eventually, but it's going to come to PC first because uh, it's already there. I mean, does this make this much more of a... Does this now make PC Game Pass much more compelling than, say, console? No, like, I don't or, know if it's you... more compelling. It just gives people uh, that might not have had a reason to look at it before a reason to look at it now. Yeah, plus there's a huge, you know, for as much games as there is in the Xbox, the PC has so, so much more vast, like a library that they could add if they wanted to spend the money to. So that's the other reason. All right, fair enough. I mean... Let's bring another company into play here because of all these acquisitions and because we almost saw it happen to them, right? Uh, they were on the brink of making a deal with NBC Universal to be bought by EA. Now there was a rumor going around for a while that Amazon was going to buy. Is this one of those, like, we've seen this so many times that you kind of don't care at this point? Or would you really actually worry about if Amazon bought EA? No, because they don't want they don't want to be in the games anymore in the first place. Yeah, I mean EA EA is already seen as a big corporate, an evil corporation. I don't think Amazon buying the evil corporation is really going to change people's opinion of them. And at least right. at first, it's going to probably spur Amazon to try to make some changes that people want just to get the good publicity out of it. I also think really at this point EA isn't doing anything beyond their established franchises for whatever reason. And people are ready to see something different. You think Amazon would 
actually help with that? Or would Amazon just further that in saying, we really just want to make money here. So you keep doing your FIFA ultimate team and, and making money there and, uh, you know, whatever other thing that makes them money at this point. Well, I mean, Amazon does have the big MGM, all the movies. Uh, they got their original shows. They could, I really think Amazon could do some stuff with their existing IPs in a video game form that if they owned EA, that might make it more possible that it would happen. Uh, imagine, um, and this is just off the top of my head, but take Mass Effect, the engine, the expanse. Right. Imagine an expanse game or a game set in that universe, exploring the belt, exploring the solar system and the ships, and doing what you want. Well, uh, an actual game, not like the the Telltale narrative thing that they're doing. Right. But yeah. Yeah. I don't want to say MMO, but just kind of like Starfield, only the expanse. But I mean, it's. And then you also got stuff like James Bond. I think they don't they own. I know they're yeah. a streaming home for it, but I think they own part of it too. Uh, everything MGM, so they they own Stargate. You could have a Stargate MMO finally. Uh, I mean, there's just a lot of things that they could do with their properties that imagine a boys video game with that humor in a some type of video game form. I mean, there there's stuff there that they could do. It's just they have the properties. They just need to figure out if they if they really want to go into the video game aspect of it. I don't think they do. That's the thing is, you know, the, the new world came out that kind of bombed and the law, Lo- uh, lost Ark is decent, but they didn't make that. They just published it. Like they don't want to like make games. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying, Mark, but wouldn't it be different if you're talking about established franchises instead of having to make your own, like you have EA that has all these you know, Madden, FIFA, all the sports stuff. You have, uh, you know, maybe they can figure out a way to make Battlefield actually viable. Um, yeah, that's the thing is, like, EA's yeah. franchises right now aren't doing too well. Like, I should right. get that Madden clip. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's that happens in all these games. I mean, let's and not... like you know, bat- like you just said, Battlefront or Battlefield sucked this or last year. Who knows when Mass Effect's coming out of Dragon Age? And they, that's all I kind of have. Like, they don't do anything else anymore. Yeah, no. I mean, that's totally fair outside of the, like, you know, the EA uh, published, like, indie games and uh, things like that. You really don't see them uh, do a lot. Uh, at least they're making these games and not like Activision where they made their whole studios only focus on one game. You know, that's the thing is, like, perhaps having that Amazon money, if it were to happen... Right, um, would allow them to go back in the back catalog and maybe come out with some of these games that people have been wanting them to make for a while, but they won't because they're too worried it won't sell. Well, and also if we're looking at the fact that EA is making money, so it's not like they're buying a company that's losing money and trying to turn it around. It's, yeah, okay, we're going to take this company that's making money, we're going to change some of the decisions that have proven not to work in the last couple of years, we're going to fix that and fix what the fans didn't like. And just other than that, go at it. Yeah. I, uh, love that. Uh, had someone chime in kind of late to the combo of Sony being evil. I don't, I don't know if they're 
evil per se, but obviously, you know, people yeah, aren't going to like know, this. We all know Microsoft is in the force is good, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, they have obviously helped themselves with uh, the decisions that they've made. Uh, and then, you know, th- they come out with that uh, supposing we kind of knew it was going to be like this because how are you going to, you could IP lock everything, but the fact that they have basically embraced that they know that this family plan is going to be a friends and family plan. So they went ahead and just named it that it's not official, but it was leaked apparently. So we'll see how far that goes. But if you're talking about evil companies, if Microsoft or Sony did half the things Nintendo did about copywriting claims and everything else, I mean, people would be up in arms. So <laughs> uh, that's the thing is Nintendo gets away with it because yeah. they do so many good things with their games. And, but it's like the, the thing about going after people for, uh, taking, like taking them down because they put soundtracks of games that they, they won't release the soundtracks for. So like, how else are people supposed to listen to this music? Well, and uh, I mean, they'll a, go after, they'll try to remove a game just for having a clip of the soundtrack in it, even if, you're discussing the soundtrack. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're very heavy handed worse. Yeah. Worse than Sony or Microsoft. And if either one of those two tried it, you'd have people up in arms about it, but because it's Nintendo, they seem to get a pass from a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, they're the Disney of of video games. No doubt. And I'm not saying that I hate Nintendo by any means. I'm just saying you can't say Sony is evil. Microsoft is evil. Nintendo is evil. All of them have their bad aspects and crazy stuff that they do, and you just have to take the good with the bad and not just blame the other people. Right. Uh, do Do y'all feel like we've had two passes at this already? Do you feel like it's now a not if but when we finally just see EA has been purchased by somebody? Depends if they're I mean, looking to sell. Eventually, maybe. But yeah, it, it depends if they do you want to sell or not. I mean, they have talked about it's not really a sell. They want to merge with somebody because they want to keep Andrew Wilsober. He See, is. that that's not going to happen. If someone, if someone just wants to buy him, yes. But, you know, this guy keeping his job, no. They're going to be like, no, we want to own you or we want to own the company. Screw yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, they could very well let him keep his job, right? But he wouldn't be as – he wouldn't have as big a position because it's now Amazon or – Apple or somebody else owns them. And now they might let Andrew Wilson kind of stay as the head of EA, wherever that is, but, but then he he's not to... making the final decisions. It's somebody else. Well, he just have to answer to someone, you know? Yeah, exactly. The, the CEO of right. Embracer group or whatever. <laughs> I mean, but that's the thing. Even if they merge, even if you have a merger, there's always somebody that has final say in that merger like you don't get free autonomy in these mergers there's somebody whoever put up more of the money is the one that ends up deciding how much power that other company is going to wind up having so even if they merge whoever it is that merges with them still decides they they could make a contract where andy wilson has to stay but how much power he winds up having that other company could still decide exactly what that is you know, so that's that's just a weird thing of like, oh, well, we won't that that that's part of the reason, apparently, that that NBC deal didn't go through is because they wanted it to be under these terms specifically. And NBC was like or Comcast 
was like, uh, I don't think this is going to work. So, <laughs> um, aside from, I think the money apparently was, was also not, didn't match up either. But to end this, uh, talking about companies and all this stuff, because of all this stuff that's been going on, Bandai Namco apparently is also afraid of losing some of their IP and losing some of these studios to purchases. How many times have we heard rumors of Sony's buying from software? Can you imagine what that does to Bandai Namco if all of a sudden they're no longer the publisher of from software games? They still got other anime games. They'd be fine. <laughs> I don't know about it. Have you seen what Elden Ring has done this year? Well, yeah. None so of those the, games are doing that. <laughs> like, but I mean, that's the trade-off with just being a publisher versus owning the studios. Yeah, right. That's the risk you run. Now, you're not having to take as much of a monetary hit. I mean, you're not responsible for all of the money involved in the development of the game, but you're also not... <laughs> if you that company gets bought, you're out of luck. Yeah, you get passed out, so... Could we I mean, I see Bandai Namco eventually just decide that they're going to buy from software, or they the, in they, in the support they, they say that they have the money? They should, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then again, from software might not want to be bought, right? I mean, unless right. you're talking about some type of hostile takeover where you're paying two, Ludicrous. three times what the company's yeah. actually worth, you're not going to make somebody sell to you. No, no doubt. Uh, I mean that that is an interesting thing of like, do you really want to become the all we do is anime games company because that's really going to put you down the bottom of the totem you know the totem pole and they're already ha- they already get a lot of let's say working with Nintendo on Smash Brothers and and other games, uh so I mean they also own other things like Pac Man or not own but I you know the publishers of like you know the the old uh, Pac Man no, stuff they, they, they just so, yeah, don't back, man. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm just any any of these studios that they work with, right? They do have to be worried about. Oh, could another company come and gobble them up? Because, well, look at what. Yeah, they got to start paying for them. They got to start buying them yeah. then, or you know, yeah. locking in contracts. Like it's it's on them to lose. So, yeah, yeah I mean, look at what Nintendo does, right? Like they uh, they when they feel like their studio is being threatened, they go out and buy them. So Ben and Emko might have to do the same thing here and just pony up the money or sign and make a deal about having IP rights or make a deal about, um, you know, something uh, to, you know, first, first decision, first choice on whatever game from software makes or something, because it could very well happen. We could see it happen. I mean, Sony could what if Sony came in with a bunch of money for From Software and pulled them away and said, all right, we're making this exclusive, so you don't get any more money from having your game be put on Xbox or... It's uh, called Bloodborne. Yeah. Like, well, exactly. Like, that's what I'm saying, though. They could decide to take all of the, you know, the next games that are made and say, okay, well, that's that's on only on our system, so... Ben and I'm sorry, you're, you know, you're out. Um, but that we're probably going to be talking about this more. I mean, how many weeks do we talk about Ubisoft here? Uh, so, but again, nothing yeah. ever changed. So yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see um, if we get any more uh, of this year, but 
it's just very interesting that Sony has just been like scattershotting everywhere um, with stuff and seeing think, what sticks. Yeah, I don't think Jim Ryan is a good CEO. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. Like Jim Ryan seems to be like just he's. I mean, he it's obviously forward thinking, right? Like let's let's you know. Microsoft's doing okay with putting stuff on PC. Let's put our stuff on PC. Let's go on mobile. Let's make, uh, let's do what uh, Nintendo's doing a little bit and put some of our RP on, on, in movies and TV shows. I mean, um, he's making a lot of decisions. Uh, Horizon got some info on their TV show. Uh, was it the director? Uh, or the showrunner, I'm sorry. Steve Blackman, yeah. who's also known for Umbrella Academy is going to be developing the Horizon TV show. Any thoughts I on... I, I don't watch that Umbrella Academy, so... <laughs> uh, my daughter loves that show, so um, if it was up to her, I'm sure this would be a good decision. I mean, I think this is cool. I, like, I've heard nothing... I've heard, Everything I've heard about Umbrella Academy is, is good, so I think it only bodes well for Horizon as far as, you know, ha- having a, such a well-run show now he's your showrunner so let's yeah, see what I mean, happens it's promising but it's going to take more than just a showrunner to make the show a success right it's all it's about casting obviously and writing and everything else yeah. so uh we'll see what what happens there but okay that that's enough of uh <laughs> talking about companies here i think um for a while but we had some good discussions there let's Let's actually talk about, well, we don't really know too much about it, but let's talk about a game here. Uh, there's a new Mafia game in development at Hangar 13. Uh, of course, they've been celebrating 20 years of the franchise. They had that uh, Mafia 1 remake come out, which was well-received. Does anyone care about Mafia, though? <laughs> I mean, it's sold pretty decently, so there's got to be people that care about it, you know? Um so you don't care about these these mafia games at all, then? I can okay. I can look at old Playboy on my own. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I mean, I haven't I, mean, I, played, took... I haven't played them, but if it looks good, I'll give it a shot. It's just at this point, I haven't been really interested in any of them. Fourth one is the charm, right? Right. <laughs> right. Hey, you never know. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why they got to a third one. Yeah. Right. I mean, enough of these. I yeah, but they don't like. It, yeah, they don't pump them out regularly. Or it's not like a. I mean, there was a long gap between Mafia One and Two, and even then Two and Three. So I'm sure the Mafia One, you know, report or port was like, hey, it's, this is something quick we can put out real, real fast, so people will buy it. Hopefully. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, uh, like it's it's good that they've been able to be there for 20 years, and it and they're still making these games and they're not, I mean, it's the one, like, I don't really know something else that hangar 13 is really known for. So, I mean, that's, they got to keep going with what works, right? Keep making these, uh, mafia games because, uh, I mean, that's all, yeah, that's literally all they do. (laughs) And they didn't, well, they didn't even make the first one or first two rather. So yeah, they, uh, yeah, I mean, they're part of the 2k family and all that. Um, I'd be more interested if like EA brought that like Godfather game back or, or the uh, not God not Godfather yeah the, Godfather well or that Scarface game and that's but wasn't that Scarface game like it was okay right it wasn't 
right. You know, this, and, and then Godfather not- went through the same thing where the first one was good, the second one was not great. Yeah, I mean, to me, Mafia just has like no personality, so that's why like it doesn't interest me at all. Oh, I mean, fair enough. So, but I mean, that's happening. So good for here, thirteen and two K uh, to keep. Going with that, uh, we got a little bit more information on that Assassin's Creed. It's official. Well, not officially. Apparently, it's being rumored that it's called Assassin's Creed Mirage. Uh, that's that back to basics Assassin's Creed game that Mark might be a little bit more interested in uh, because yeah. it's the Assassin's Creed that he likes. Uh, it's also the one set in the Middle East in Baghdad. Uh, it's being made by Ubisoft's Bordeaux Studio in France. Uh, it's supposed to come out in 2023. They did release some stuff about it. So the game's going to take place in eight between eight, 860 and 870 in Baghdad during the anarchy in Samara. Samara. It's supposed to have separate cities that you can explore, like Assassin's Creed 1. Uh, it's supposed to be strongly inspired by the first Assassin's Creed. Uh, it's not going to have dialogue choices, uh, gender choice, no more leveling. Uh, they are going to have the Eagle Vision, though. I mean, and also apparently there's a remake of AC1 that might be secretly being made as well. Uh, what do you think about all this, uh, Mark? I mean, does this inter- make you interested in that game instead of the uh, Assassin's it, it, Creed Infinity? If anything, it makes me a little less because I didn't like Assassin's Creed 1 at all. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Like, I want to know who actually liked Assassin's Creed 1 because a lot of people kind of just... It's almost become, like, the lost Assassin's Creed at this point, right? Like, everybody wants to say it it started at 2. Well, that's what I did, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I I think it did reasonably well. I mean, hell, it got a sequel. But, I mean, I think they were too invested in it for it to fail. So the first one came out and wasn't good, and they're like, okay, how can we actually fix this? Then they made two. I mean, I'm yeah. fine with them doing a stealth-focused game where you're paying right. more attention to working on your skill, like your skills as a player, not the character's skills in the game. I mean, I'm fine yeah, I with mean, that. I doubt you'll be teleporting around or like having insta, you know, killing hundreds of guys like you do in Valhalla or like some Odyssey or something. Yeah, I mean, how- it'll, I think it'll be good to go back to the little to the more. Smaller scale, yeah. Smaller scale, one-on-one battle, sneaking up and killing your target, and then disappearing. Not just taking on twenty different people, and your target is one of the twenty that you killed. Plus, if you're going to make a stealth Splinter Cell game, might as well make a, make an Assassin's Creed one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it would be a good idea to have like an Assassin's Creed one remake, and if you're going to make it more like the other ones, then that's the thing. You have to like change a lot of the gameplay dynamics of it. Right. Which I don't think, I mean, then it'd be really weird to call it Assassin's Creed one, you know? Well, but that's why it's a remake, right? You're redoing it because you think that you can make it better than let's say for me, I didn't really come in Assassin's Creed until later. Like what is some of the things that you would say, okay, they really nailed with two that weren't great in one that they well, would be remaking in one it's almost like saints row kind of like you have to like investigate or build up like your like your respect meter to do story missions like you have to like follow guys around constantly to get like points to finally activate the mission to kill a guy 
and there's like nine oh, okay. guys to kill and that's it. Like there's no other story per you know, or, or really anything. Alright, so you'd say that they expanded that yeah, I mean, a bit you more just, than if you just put, like put Assassin's Creed one story or like, you know, the the general idea and like, you know, Brotherhood's game like gameplay engine or something, it'd be fine. But the few AC one purists out there would probably have a, a crap fed or something. I mean, I would hope that they I just don't know that you really need to be like people should understand by now, like when with enough of these remakes that have come out at this point of where they're taking their vision of what they want to do with it. And they're essentially are making it their own. People kind of need to be a little bit more looser with that uh, remake. Like, listen, uh, don't go into remakes expecting shot for shot, you know, all that, like, the era, there's going to be more like Resident Evils and Final Fantasies, I think, nowadays, instead of the what we're getting with Last of Us. People are going to make changes that they thought didn't work back then. Yeah. And I'm not saying you have to be fine with it, but like I think also you kind of need to understand that that's why they're doing it. It's not, yeah, they're trying to make money, obviously, off that Assassin's Creed 1. Like, I don't think we need to be going like, oh, my God, this is so unpure to Assassin's Creed 1. Like, I, I, yeah, I don't know that that's the... And plus, you can still play Assassin's Creed 1, so it's not like it's not available for you, even on even on the modern consoles. So there's there's that. But, let I mean, let's see what happens with this, if they're going to... If that Assassin's Creed Mirage game does end up coming out, and uh, we'll go from there about how it's well-received. So... Yeah. If it comes out, it should be like 30 bucks or like, you know, 40. You think they will price it at that? If it's a smaller scale game, they should. I mean, I don't think they, they'll try to get a, they'll try not to do that, but I'm sure they see value in like the whole big epic games that they aren't have now. So, yeah. I mean, it could also be one that they have come out on the services, right? As uh, Ubisoft have been doing deals with uh, Game Pass and PS Plus. Maybe this is one of those that comes out on one of the services or both uh, to try to get people to play it and and see if they like it. Yeah, I can see them doing that. Speaking of, you know, bringing things back, Mark, I mean, you're the fighting game guy here. There's been a uh, kind of uh, more more than Daniel and I, at least uh, a lot of talk coming out of Evo about reviving Capcom versus SNK. Um, people have been clamoring for it, obviously. Uh, they, they showed it off on some Evo posters and everything. Uh, obviously there's a new, you know, King of Fighters recently came out, you know, this year. Uh, there's a, you know, obviously Street Fighter 6 in development as well. Uh, what do you think about if they brought this back? I mean, I never played that. Uh, I mean, I know Capcom SNK2 has a pretty good reputation. I don't know if Chaos did or not. Um, actually, Chaos looked like it sucked based on the reviews. But SNK2 is fine. I mean, I'd say go for it, but I think more people would probably be interested in Marvel vs. Capcom. <laughs> I mean, no doubt. No doubt then, that Marvel vs. Capcom would bring in the casuals. And then also, like, the problem with SNK right now of, you know, it being owned by Saudis. <laughs> I mean, if there's one thing that Saudis like, though, is money. So if you tell them that they can make a lot of money and uh, getting to make a game with Capcom of uh, yeah, Fighter would, Frame, 
the, the question is, would Capcom want to work with them, or you know? Yeah, and that is a that is a big question. Would Capcom uh, like to work with them? Um, they just need to make another uh, Card Fighters game instead. Uh, you know, let just to, to you know bring in some of the the quotes that were referenced in this. Yeah, uh, yeah, Yuki Oda, the producer and designer of. Uh, the most recent King of Fighters. Um, he said that uh, in reference to this, definitely in the future, that's something that I think everybody on all sides and both parties are interested in making a reality. Due to the reaction of those Evo posters, it definitely helped you know them reconfirm that apparently it's something that a lot of people want, especially fighting game fans. Uh, they haven't talked to anybody at Capcom about it. Um, but, I mean, you know, yeah. That's, a, that's like a self-serving... Or, I mean, that's a pretty limited uh, group that you're pulling from. Like, if you just had some random random game gamer fans or you know gamers, anyone hey, else SNK versus Capcom, like most of them would just shrug. <laughs> <You're> like maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, you have to be familiar with with SNK uh, for it to matter to you. If you don't care about King of Fighters at all, and and you really just care about like let's say Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, then Probably not going to matter to you at all whether there's another Capcom versus SNK, but I, I think mean, a lot of yeah. Also, I don't think SNK like SNK doesn't have like the name recognition anymore. If it was Capcom, no, definitely. If, not. if it was like Street Fighter versus Guilty Gear, I mean, not Guilty Gear. If it's Street Fighter versus uh, King of Fighters, then sure, the, the King of Street Fighters. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I mean, you're not joking. They could do a Street Fighter versus Guilty Gear, and I think that would get probably more recognition. Well, Guil- Guilty Gear uh, is an yeah. SNK though, but I mean. Yeah. Right. I know what you mean, but like, as far as like franchises go, like. Yeah, or like Capcom versus Arc System Works, you know? Yeah. Ryu versus Goku. Honestly, that's what I was going to say. Honestly, at this point, they could do a Capcom versus Dragon Ball and see how that goes. I bet that would get a lot of attention. Um, You know, like, I'm I'm pretty sure if if they announce a Capcom versus Dragon Ball game uh, because of how much. You know, fighters was so well received. Pretty sure that would probably like light everything on fire as far as um, like Twitter going crazy and everything else. Like, oh man, we're gonna have Ryu versus Goku and all, all this, you know, stuff. So the stuff that the 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 dream of Smash Brothers fans for a long time uh, could become a reality in your next, you know, next game. Make it happen. I, I mean, they put Goku in. Uh, they put Dragon Ball in Fortnite. So, why not? Right? It looks so weird, but why not? We did it. Uh, so yeah, um, it's interesting to think about. Could they? Could they actually do that? Well, think. Speaking of things that we do know are happening, uh, we talked about the Horizon show earlier, but Netflix also has that Bioshock movie, and it got some pretty good news as well. Um, Francis Lawrence, who directed I'm Legend and The Hunger Games Catching Fire, is going to be directing the Bioshock movie. And then Michael Green, who's worked on Logan, Blade Runner 2049, and American Gods is going to be the head writer. I mean, that's two pretty good names there to be attached to Bioshock. I mean, way better than Gore Verbinski, anyway. Gore (laughs) Verbinski actually makes money. or He's had good shit come out. (laughs) Like... Wait, are you saying I Am Legend is not good? Yes, I am, uh, I am saying no, that. I, <laughs> no, that's that's wrong, sir. 
I'm Legend is, is a really good new game. So you're saying Logan is bad? Because that's not a bad. Uh, I would say American Gods is bad. And, I thought you liked that show. Uh, I liked the first season before they fired everyone who's good on it and yeah. behind the scenes, and then. Well, maybe and they fired Michael that. Green as well. That's why it sucked. You know, maybe maybe Michael Green, you know, is one of the reasons why it was. That, that I Am Legend movie has a 68 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I really I, like that movie, but yeah, I, that's just me. Go look up a movie called The Omega Man and then instead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. I mean, I, hey, yeah. them announcing this is fine, but what are the odds it actually comes out or anything actually ever happens? I, I mean, I think it will. I think it will come out. I mean, they they came out with that Resident Evil series that sucked and got canceled within like six weeks, which thank God Netflix did not try to renew that for a second season. As much as I... Well, I don't know why his name is escaping me. As much as I like um, Lance Riddick, yeah, Lance yeah. Riddick, uh, and I felt bad for him because he actually went and said thank you to all everybody that I watched. Like I think I watched like four of the episodes, and then I started with Xenoblade, and so I didn't finish watching it. But um, I, it was not, it was not good. Let's be, let's be frank. Now. It was. Yeah, it's I I don't know if you could eat. I mean, I know I think Randy was telling me he thought it was okay. I was like, I don't know that you can say this is okay, but I mean, you know, it, it's I would say compared to the other Resident Evil adaptations, it was better than some of those. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, we're talking about that's some really bad stuff here. Um, I mean, the the problem with that show, honestly, is like Lance Reddick was the best part of it. Yeah, and it wasn't like focused on him, <laughs> so it's focused on his annoying, you know, teenage daughters. And yeah, they were... the teenage daughters, and then the whoever that um, that woman that well, was, that was in uh, the future. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, but they were all except for him. There was like no actor was was charismatic or interesting in the show. Yeah, except for like the one asshole umbrella guy who was like the fat guy for like two or three episodes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's funny that like all these shows like cast like the most like no name actors in it, or they have like one one name and that's it. And they well, expect people to, I, like, I mean, they they gotta save some money because they gotta put all these actors in the Netflix movies instead. So, uh, I mean, we just got like, what, like, like Jamie Foxx and Dave Franco. <laughs> well, yeah, and uh, what Chris Evans and. Uh, that one that just the the oh my god, the gray man, right? Um, and then you know they they bought the knives out like next two films, so they got a yeah. But like think but, about like the the Lord of the Rings TV show, the Amazon one has like no one you know. Well, yeah, but or, like the wheel of, the wheel of time has like one actress kind of that people know, and that's it. And it's like, don't you realize like having. At to be fair few. to the Amazon one, they're trying to kind of like create their own thing and not like bring hey, in. Uh, I'm not saying bring back Hugo Weaving. That'd be rad, but I'm not saying that. But like yeah. having some, like, at least one or two recognizable actors would probably help. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like. I mean, look at that Twisted Metal show. Like it has like, you know, three or four somewhat named actors, you know. Like, I mean, I that's who... what I will say. At least in Uncharted, we know who the two main actors are. Yeah. Like, you know, so 
Uh, same thing like you said with the Twisted Metal show. Or like uh, Last so, of Us, you, you know. Yeah, Last of Us. You exactly. say Nick Offerman, that's all you need. Oh, I'm pretty just, sure just people ca- would probably say uh, Peter Pascal. Just cast Nick Offerman and everything. It'll be all set. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right, is each company has their way of doing it. Uh, I think it's also like how much you're willing to bet the farm on it, right? Like Sony really cares about their properties, their IPs. So they're going to try to make this as what they possibly can. Netflix has like way too much crap that they put out. So, you know, they're, they're going to try to cut nickel and dime in other places. I mean, that's and, why I saw the thing that like everything's riding on the Lord of the Rings show as far as Amazon streaming goes, like if it's going to be profitable or not. And it's like, that's wow. Okay. That's not what I would have put in my money, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, but if you look at it, like, let's say that um, House of Dragon. Like, aside from Matt Smith, like, I really don't know anybody that's in that show. Right. And if I didn't watch Doctor Who, I wouldn't know who Matt Smith is either. So, like, obviously that's Game of Thrones, and they could well, literally I put mean, almost anyone no, there. There's, and, a, there's, a few, yeah. there's a few actors in that show I actually do know. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, the mainstream people, yeah, you wouldn't know. Right. So That's what I'm uh, saying. Like, I, I just know a bunch of weird actors. <laughs> so, like... Amazon doing that with Lord of the Rings and not bringing back anybody from the uh, the movies, I don't know that that's necessarily bad. It's it's more about like, can you make this good at good regardless, where people will watch it, you know, and not destroy the IP and make people hope that there's never a TV show about it again. Uh, you know, I don't, well, they better so, not destroy the IP or Embrace is going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and Rachel's is going to be really mad about uh I think they they don't get like everything from that show. I think there's like only a percentage based or whatever. Yeah, it's not, that, but that wouldn't surprise yeah. me. Or, yeah. But still Yeah, and Rachel's is probably not going to be too happy if uh Rings of Power doesn't do well. Uh cuz I can pretty much assure you that that Gollum game probably is not going to do uh rather well either. But who knows. Um uh so Let's get to the the games we're playing here before we get into talking about entertainment stuff really quick. Um, I am at the end of Xenoblade 3, finally. I'm in Chapter 7, which is the last chapter. Uh, So I probably don't have that much more to go. I just have, you know, a few of the hero quests, and then I'll get to the main stuff. And I'm hoping I will be done this week. So did uh, Uh, Claire ever show up? Claire? Clara from Doctor Who. Uh, oh, uh, Jenna Coleman. Yeah. She has not shown up yet outside of a uh, flashback. Okay. Um, they've, they chose to focus on the uh, Xenoblade 2 uh, person first. So yeah. because the Xenoblade 1 person that Jenna Coleman is involved with uh, is further deep into the story... So I will see her in this chapter. I'm sure that I'm in. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, but um, no, I, I, the story I, I got past that part of that everybody was talking about. It was very well uh, hyped and lived up to it. And further on, it has lived up to the hype. The story goes. So I'm very much still enjoying it and can't wait to get to the end and see what happens. Uh, I barely 
started because I just want to finish Xenoblade and get through that and then be able to focus all my attention on Soul Hackers 2. I basically started the beginning of it, got like an hour or so in, so I know like the synopsis of the plot, and then did like the tutorial section, and that's pretty much all I've done. So hopefully by the time we do the show next week, I'll be able to give you actually like thoughts on Soul Hackers 2. Um, but before I knew I had actually was going to review the game because I wasn't expecting... Uh, you know, our good friend at 411 to just randomly message me and be like, hey, we got a code for Soul Hackers 2 on Xbox. And I was like, oh, so you're asking if I want to review the game. So he's like, yeah. I was like, uh, you sure you can't get a PS5 version? Because I'm sure Mark would be very much Yeah, I, I emailed him and said that. <laughs> he's like, uh, the game already came out. It's kind of hard for me to go and ask them now to switch it. I mean, uh, I, I knew a guy yeah. who, was, who was reviewing that game a month ago. He should have asked then. <laughs> yeah, I think it just, I don't know that he asked. I think it just showed up in his inbox. Um, I don't know. Uh, he So he did send me the like review request form, but like no one ever got back to me as far as doing it for uh, WZM. So that didn't happen. Um, when, he, when he put in that code, did he get a bunch of DLC or no? Yeah, because I got it after. Uh, because I was talking to um, Scott at Outer Haven, who'd been, he had the code for, like you, like you said, for like at least two or three weeks. No yeah. DLC showed up until the game actually came out. Right. So yeah, uh, when the game, because I basically downloaded it, and installed it, and started playing it the day it came out, all of a sudden this DLC like dropped for me to download, but it wasn't there beforehand. Uh, there's apparently a DLC story also that provides some like backstory. I heard it's uh, really good. I, I heard the D yeah. I, I'm playing it also. And I heard like the dungeons aren't that interesting, but like the DLC one more, is more fleshed out or better. Yeah. That's what's weird. I, I was listening to that too. Before I knew I was going to review the game, I was listening to a podcast, talk about it. And I was like, okay, that kind of sucks that, most of the dungeons aren't interesting, and then you have to pay $10 to get this DLC one that finally makes the dungeons interesting. That's not really great, but... Um, I mean, I don't know if I'll buy it, but I already had to pay their blood money for the cheap DLC. Uh, yeah, I also... I mean, they also made you, like... You have to pre-order the digital version to get the Persona uh, outfits. Right. Uh, so that was a weird decision as well. Uh, Alice has been making... Atlas with their DLC is always weird, so um, that's no surprise. But it looks like the reviews haven't been that kind. They've kind of been just like okay. Um, Except, I've seen like yeah. between like seven and eight. Yeah, I mean, that's, like that's probably where I'd put it. Like probably eight, maybe. But I'm yeah. probably being a little generous. But I think it's fine. I think they have some interesting additions to the gameplay or to the uh, right like fighting engine, but. Like, I got really gated on the second boss to the point where I had to buy that DLC to get past it. Oh, really? That, kind, that kind of annoys me or annoyed that, me. That does not, uh, because at a certain well point, playing it here. <laughs> well, you get that DLC, I assume, so just activate yeah. it and you'll be all fine. Because you get oh, okay. items, you get like, you get three, you get basically four items. One lets you, uh, create incense that like increases one of your stats, like agility or strength. One. Yeah is for money you just get 
at least a 5,000 yen thing item that drops every battle. One is an item that lets your a demon rank up and level. Like, uh, whenever you use an item, it gains a level. And then the other one is the same item, but for, for, for your character or for your party members. Yeah. And at a certain point, you can't grind out levels in that game. Mm. It just won't like won't let you because it's like okay, you're you're at the max level the, for that area. Yeah. So like, if you try to do that, you get like one experience point per battle or like you know five. Oh, Lord. And it's like, well, I need a thousand you know points to level up, and I'm getting five. Uh, this ain't gonna work. <laughs> So, but like, is it just that the boss is like over leveled over you, or it's just tricky? I mean, it, it might have been. Uh, it's this guy in the subway station. Uh, I mean, I got him down pretty good, and then he had like two minions one was like a healer, and one was like a, a, a physical guy. And I took out the healer because that's what you always do, right? Exactly. And like, <laughs> you know, halfway in, he resurrected the healer. And I'm like, well, that's great. I'm really yeah. not. Like, oh, I'm now kind I'm of screwed. screwed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then once I, gr- once I grinded like three or four hours and I got from like level 20 to level 60, you know, I dusted that guy like one round. <laughs> so, I mean, so you couldn't beat him without having to use that cheat. Right. I mean, I, I think if you were like on your A game and you really, you did everything right, you could do that. But I think it's I think it's designed that way to like you can't do it, you know, normally. The first I mean, boss so, is actually yeah. the first boss is like really easy also. So that's why I was like lulled into thinking like, oh, this next boss will be fine, or you know I right. got this rapping jackass, no like no issue. And then yeah, the second guy like I did like five times. Yeah. And like the most I got nine was like, I don't know, fifty percent or maybe like forty, and I'm like, wow, this sucks. And he also had attacks that were like, like one hit, one shot killing me, and I'm like, great, thanks. <laughs> so, um, it, you you're actually you know you played some of the game. I'm like, like what seven do you hours think about in? it. Uh, I think it's fine. It is very. It's not. Uh, it's not Persona Five, and I don't mean that like negatively. Yeah, but it's not like the expansive RPG. You know, social game or like exploring Tokyo or anything like that. This reminds me of like Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Yeah, where it's a much smaller uh, I heard game. Some other people compare it to like more of like the Devil Summoner. Ah, uh, maybe, games. but like Devil yeah. Summoner was like more. I think it was more active. At least what I remember of it. Right. Uh, but like the scope of it is more. Yeah, I guess. It, yeah. I mean, I played Devil Summoner a long ass time ago, so. Right. <laughs> uh like battles are fun or they're very quick. Uh, and like, but like you don't have, like you don't have a demon negotiation. Right. Cause they're, like, you just equip them, right. They're not. Well, you just like find yeah. them in the battlefield. Like you just right. like occasionally just talk to them and they're like, Hey, we'll, we'll join you or I'll join you. If you want to pay me some yen or money or whatever, or health or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, but it does have the demons from. Shimigami yeah. And, yeah. And you can and like, Persona, you, yeah. you can fuse them. And I've done a lot of that. Uh, so I mean, it has most of the systems, but it's just—I don't think it's a bad game. But I think it's not as like it's, the scope of it isn't as grand as Persona Five or SMT Five, which is good because I didn't ultimately I didn't like really like SMT Five that much. Ah, uh, okay. Because of I think it was a very handicapped game on the Switch. 
Well, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, I think if it was on, yeah, if it was PS4, on four PS five, I think. Yeah, I would have liked it a lot more, or been able to get into it a lot, a lot further. Really. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that people that were fans of the first game, which uh, you know was much more dungeon crawly, and it's also on 3ds. Which uh, again, reminder that you now cannot buy an eShop card and. Uh, use the code on your 3DS or Wii U directly. Uh, you now need to, which I don't know if you can actually do this still. I I had to go and I actually forgot. And it was the day that that day that I knew I was getting the, the code. Like it was actually the, the 28th, which was like the day before they were going to shut this down. Um was I went and checked and I was like, oh, good, my Nintendo ID is actually connected uh, on my 3DS already. I yeah. don't know if you can actually go through and connect it on there because they did an update. I know it disabled where you can't put the eShop cards and obviously your credit card was disabled long ago. But what do you, like, just be aware that if you do, you need to, Put the put the money on your switch, and then it was, should connect to your 3ds or Wii U if you want to go uh, buy the first game or many of Atlas's games actually that are on 3ds like uh, Shimigami Tensei 4, uh, Strange Journey, uh, and uh, even uh, Persona Q the first one are 20 bucks. So if you want to go and make some last this uh, last ditch 3ds purchases. Um, go do that. I bought a uh, link between worlds on there. I forgot I had $20 extra and I was like, ah, let's, why not? It's, it's part of that selects thing. And it's right. only 20 bucks. One of the best games on the 3ds. So, uh, why not? Um, yeah, it, you know, so I, I'm interested to see what I, I think about it. I don't have the legacy with these games that you do. Uh, yeah, so, I, I never played Soul Hackers one, so I've you know. Yeah, but I mean, you have the the like Persona and the Shin Megami Tensei stuff. I don't. Right. I've played some of the Persona games. I haven't played any of the Shin Megami Tensei, so uh, this will be interesting for me to like go in as just an RPG fan. Yeah. Uh, in general, uh, anything else you've been playing? Uh, more Bloodborne at the ends. That's about it. I would say if you do have that DLC, use it. Okay. Because it's just like the DLC that for like Tales of uh, the the most Tales of Arise, it can dramatically helps speed along the game. <laughs> All right, um, Daniel, have you played anything in the time that you have been on last? Yeah, for my birthday, I was given a Xenoblade Three. I've played maybe forty five minutes to an hour of it in between. So you uh, experienced it all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in right. Between family and having to work extra because people have been sick. So it's just been crazy for me at home recently. Yeah. So Sunday was, uh, 21st. First. It was the, yeah, so the last yeah. Sunday was your birthday. Happy, uh, belated, wait, long belated birthday. Uh, Thank you. you know, for, for Daniel here, what uh, the big, the big 40. Yep. Oh, I'm not about that sports car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, hopefully you get to enjoy that 100-hour game at some point there, uh, Daniel. Yeah, um, well, two years from now, I'll finally right. finish it. 
Uh, apparently, if you mainline it and don't do any of the side quests, which in this game, uh, the side quests are actually pretty good, uh, especially like the hero quest stuff, you can mainline it in like 50 hours. Uh, but yeah, I don't know that you're going to you put that right through that, man. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, for an for an RPG, that's not too bad, I guess. Get it done in one year instead of two, one hour right. a week. Exactly. Um, trust me, if I wasn't like supposed to review be reviewing that game, I I would not be putting what is essentially like twenty hours a week into that game. Uh, so that being said, I think that's um it for like the the games we played just to do this uh, really quick since we um, usually always talk about like what's uh, coming out there <clears throat> here is we pretty much we're in September uh, by the time you're uh, listening to this here. So pretty much uh, as that uh, Jojo's bizarre adventure, all-star battle R that's coming uh, this week. Um, Ooblets is finally coming out on Switch and Xbox and PC. Last of Us Part 1, the remake, remaster, whatever you want to call it, is coming out as well. That will be out by the time we do the show again. Uh, the Maiden Abyss Binary Star Falling in the Darkness game is out. The Lego Brawls game also comes out this week. Um, I think by the time we do the show next week, that Disney Dreamlight Valley will be out on everything and including Game Pass. So I might check that out before we do the show just to be able to give some thoughts on it because uh, I'm sort of interested in that game. Um, I'm going to play it with uh, with Anaya, see what she thinks. So she likes those kind of games as well. Um, any Anything y'all are interested in that's coming out uh, this month? that people can be looking forward to Navy all talking about. I mean, that Turtles game. Well, the, yeah, the Cowbon collection uh, that came out uh, today. Yeah. Uh, Randy show, gave me a screenshot of him playing the NES game uh, already. So, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe I can get him to record something, give his thoughts. Um, FIFA comes Weird. out at the end of the month, so I will definitely be playing that. It um, looks like they released a, a few like old PS2 and PS1 RPGs on PC. Oh, really? Like Rhapsody, a musical adventure. Oh, wow, Rhapsody, dude. And uh, La Pucelle Tactics. Oh, oh yeah, no, those are um, that's part of the Printy Classics. Yeah, Volume Three or whatever. Yeah, uh, that's uh, NIS. Right. Yeah. So. I will. Ha- I, I I looked at that today. I got an email, but it was like, "Oh man, I almost want to do this for Rhapsody." But uh, I kind of want to check see. out that that Immortality game, but I doubt I will. <laughs> uh, yeah, Immortality. It's on Game Pass as well. You can go check that out. Came out yesterday. Uh, reviews look good for it. As most of these uh, Sam Barlow games have been well received, so uh, we'll see. Uh, I guess um, that Temtem game also comes to Xbox and Switch after being on PS5 for a long time. Comes out as well. So, yeah, a, lot, a few things coming out. Uh, you got Splatoon 3 pretty quick. Uh, Freedom Planet 2 is coming out pretty quick here. Um, oh, wow, there's Nobody Saves the World DLC coming out pretty quick. So, I mean, there's there's some pretty good stuff uh, coming out, and especially as far as, like, indies go. 
and then you get that at the end of the month, you get the trails of zero. So trails from zero. So my, I don't know if I'm going to be checking that out because of FIFA coming out like that week. I don't know if I can play two hefty games at once. Uh, so, but we'll see how that goes. Um, so, yeah, that's what you can look forward to in the next week or so. Uh, have you guys watched the first two episodes of She-Hulk? I have. You yep. have? Okay, yep. so we all have. All right, so what do you think? Um, you know, I, I think Tatiana Maslany has been doing pretty well as She-Hulk. I don't – I so do you all, like, where are you at? Do you agree with uh, the people that are, like, review bombing and hating on it, or are you more in the camp of liking it? And personally, I feel like there, I haven't really seen enough to feel one way or the other because they're 30 minute episodes and right, it's a comedy. I mean, yeah, but I mean, they're obviously building up to something and I feel like the first, I'm what an hour into it with the two episodes. I just kind of, I want to get a better feel for it before I make a decision one way or the other. Yeah. that, That might be a show that might be better to like watch all at once. Uh, yeah, I, I would say that I kind of felt that way about uh, the was it uh, the Wanda show? Wanda like it wasn't. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't great to watch. Especially those first three episodes were kind of slow. Yeah, and then like when I rewatched it again, like all of it together with uh, with Anaya, like leading up to the Doctor Strange coming out, I had a better opinion of it. Because right. I could get through the ones that are slow to get to the ones that had more in it uh, quicker. So I, I think I kind of agree with you there, Mark. It might be one of those where it doesn't have the week-to-week like push. But I don't know. I think so far I've liked it. I, I It's not like laugh-out-loud funny. Uh, it has its moments where it's funny. Um I thought see, the stuff with the Hulk at the beginning, like, you know, in that first episode was, was good. See, I think that was the better episode of the two, at least. Yeah. But having yeah. Uh, having Cousin Larry show up in episode two is pretty awesome. Yeah. I, I feel like that. it just needs, I, I feel like each episode needs an extra five or ten minutes just to make it expand just a little bit. Because I feel like the episode links that we're getting right now, it's over right as I really start getting into the groove of watching it and then it's done. Yeah. Even another five minutes would help. Yeah. And they try to end it on the, like, I guess you could say cliffhanger. And I don't know that that works necessarily for like comedies, but yeah. Yeah. Cause like they, they haven't even introduced, uh, Titania at all, really, except for like, she's like one line in two episodes. Yeah. I think she's supposed to be the main bad guy in that show. Yeah. Uh, and Tim Roth is good, but, you know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I, I like the dad a lot in the second episode. I thought he was... Yes, Cousin Larry. What do you, yeah. If Balky shows uh, up, it's going to be the greatest show ever. <laughs> well, we did have uh, Banner sitting there saying he's an entire different person. That, yeah, that was a good line. Yeah, yeah. How, how great would it be if, like, Ed Norton just showed up in, like, an episode? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that would be cool if they really did that. See, I don't yeah. think he would show up, but I could see Eric Banner showing up instead. <laughs> Yeah. You think so? Uh, well. Ed Norton doesn't have, like, most people say that he doesn't have, like, a great sense of humor. Yeah. Or, like, that type of sense of humor. I could see Eric Bannon doing that because he has more of a, that type of, like, humor about himself, I would say. Right. 
Uh, yeah, especially if he could get him in like in a room with uh with uh the current banner. Yeah, and, like if they have that moment where it's like uh. Um, I feel like the design of Suit She-Hulk. Like, I don't think it looks that like that bad or that cheap either. Yeah, it I looks think a lot the, better than it. It looks better now than it did when it was first released in the trailer. Yeah, yeah we got to remember that that uh, YouTube and Twitter don't do compression very well, <laughs> so they're gonna make stuff look worse than it actually is. But I mean, it's not it's not movie quality, and you can tell the difference between She-Hulk and like when they have like Hulk. Uh, there, right. but it, yeah, it's nowhere near as bad as people were making it seem like. Yeah. Um, so, all right. I mean, I guess so. The opinion is we gotta see more before we can really judge. I mean, I like it enough that I'm actually still watching it. Yeah, and I've skipped over the, pe- the past few Marvel shows. So, yeah, I I think for me, like I've been watching it on my lunch break, and there's a few people in my office that also like it, so we wind up kind of like watching it together. So I think that's sort of helping me too. But um, I, I've been enjoying it as well. We'll see um, as the, this next episode comes this week and further on. What anything else you guys want to mention? Uh, I've really enjoyed the first few episodes of House of Dragon. I think they have certainly redeemed Game of Thrones. Uh, Matt Smith is great as the the evil brother. Um, so props to him for continuing his legacy of being awesome at what he does. Uh, so I, I don't know. Have either one of you guys watched it? or I haven't. Okay. No, I'm watching an old mid-90s cop show instead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Any, anything else you want to talk about? Hey, I'm excited for college and pro football in the next week and two or week or two. Uh, this yeah. week's college, next week's pros. Oh, of course, yeah. When the Cowboys come back, I, that will be me on Sundays watching, uh, watching Which, that pretty soon. I'm excited that I have every Sunday night off, so I actually get to watch football this year. <laughs> uh, yeah, me. Too. I mean, I'll miss the one o'clock games still, but yeah, I get off at four, so I'll be able to watch the four o'clock and and Sunday night games now. Used to, I I could only watch the Sunday night games, so. I'm happy about that as well. Anything else on your end, Mark? Or? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> All right. So I think that's going to wrap it up for us on this episode. Thank you for joining us here. Uh, whether you watched on YouTube or Twitch or you're going to listen later on the podcast, we really appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, you can go, uh, if you want more from us, you can also go check out Mark on Twitter, Humanity Play, at me at WTM Sean, where he's talking about something, whether it's video game or other thing uh, related. Um, of course, again, go check out the WTM Network uh, wherever it is, whether you listen or, or on YouTube, and you get our other uh, great folks that produce content, whether you like anime or... Uh, I'm sure the Radlitz folks will have their own review of She-Hulk when that whole series is done, so you'll definitely get um, a full review there from him and his crew. Uh, so until next week, I'll definitely have more thoughts on Soul Hackers too. So will Mark, and we'll see what's going on in the video game world. Until then, see y'all later. 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 <laughs>